0: there, and welcome to another spicy edition of WANK, the weekly AEW News Kick. Um, We were going to have, this was going to be Patrick's farewell show before he heads off to Pastures New on uh, Friday slash Saturday nights with, uh, well, afternoons with me on our Rampage Review, but alas, he has had his second jab of the Bill Gates microchip, so he is not with us. I was even going to play him the sad Sarah McLachlan music, but... You know, missed opportunities. Anyway, filling in for him is Liam Reynolds. Hello, Liam Reynolds. Hello. Uh, shall uh, I give uh, you a dress as I'm well? I'm gonna host. <laughs>
1: okay, are you? yeah. Uh, you know what? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna host this week. Have a both for you, and how have you both been recently?
0: Well, you're a terrible host because you haven't even introduced him yet. So I'll, that that didn't last long. Um, we. You know, no, well, no, actually, if you want to be the host, that...
1: you want to be the host. Think of think of the insult for introducing Jack, the weekly insult. Um. He's currently lay on his bed looking like a twelve year old about to get molested. Okay. Um, a man who is currently laying on his bed looking like a twelve year
0: old about to get molested, not my words. Jack Griffin. Hello, Jack. Hello,
2: hello. Here is said twelve year old that's about to be molested.
0: <laughs> we need to stop saying that. I think we're gonna end up <laughs> I think, I think we some said that NSA agent time. will end up in this in this in this recording session.
2: Honestly, it's just my baby face <laughs> when I shave
0: yeah it's terrible do you, do you get comments every time you shave it's like oh you look young and round um
2: not really <laughs> young, no. and round. young and round you look
0: submissive and breedable <laughs> 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 <laughs>
2: um no them comments do not get made um unfortunately but they should i'd, I'd welcome would <laughs> welcome should <laughs> <laughs> oh how have you been um yeah sound not, not too much to add What well, i'm I don't even know what I've done in the last week since last recording. Um went to watch some football, done that twice. Um All right for
0: some, I'm pulling double duty on the podcast now.
2: I know, look at you. Could mm. start being well, we need more listeners so we can make this a full time job.
0: And we'll get more if I'm on twice a week, do you know
2: we Well, hopefully. We could we can hope. We need more Liam Baton with his family moments and we'll get there.
0: I'm sure we will. Uh Liam, how how's your week been?
1: It's been good. i spent most of the week in the bath with my mum and dad.
0: Most uh, <laughs> <laughs> of <for> the week?
1: <laughs> I'm going to be honest, mate. I am so wrinkled. I've literally been in the bath for like <laughs> seven hours. I got out just in time for the podcast. The water was my, opaque. My mum's still in there now. Yes. <laughs> Your mum's in, <laughs> uh, in Birmingham water, water is basically turpentine anyway, so my skin is absolutely awful as... Jack will know from being a honorary Bromie while he's over here for the university. Well, I don't know if to say permanently. I fuck it. Who cares? But yeah, he's been in Birmingham for a few years. And
2: Liam, we do talk. These... You know what my life is, <laughs> It's not You <laughs> know <laughs> what don't... my life is?
1: <laughs> <laughs> not really. Not really. To me, your life is you go to work, you tea bird on the weekend, you go to an on league game, and you chill and do fuck all else. That is I don't it. Know what else you do? You do
2: he does punk this.
1: Punk. <laughs> don't, this. This is don't giving Jack any, a reason <laughs> to live. Don't you? <laughs> this don't you this weekly bullying dishes? session.
2: <laughs> you know what, Liam? If you want to talk about my life? We can have a pint, you know, soon. But we got to talk right, about well, some rassing.
0: We do. I it's would punkness. Love that. It's... Yeah, I would. Happy Punkness Eve, guys. Okay, so first up, uh, we should should remind you that it's Dynamite. Now we have two weekly shows. It's not our Rampage show, this is our Dynamite show. Although you knew that when you clicked on the title. Shut up, Tom. It was Darby Allen and Sting back on TNT for the first time in 20 years, 20-something years. And no, I wasn't listening. Versus 2.0, the former Ever Rise. Uh, first off before the match, John Moxley and Eddie Kingston came out for reasons unknown uh, and were attacked from behind by 2.0. 2.0, they get in the ring. It's 2.0 and uh, Daniel Garcia, I should say, in tow. Get in the ring and uh, basically their match with uh, Darby and Sting, it's implied, was scheduled for later tonight, but they want it now at the at the top of the show. Darby and Sting come down and, uh, well, actually, no. Sting comes out on onto the ramps and has them distracted and Darby attacks from behind. Um, there was a bit of brawling before the match and uh, and then the match started. So let's start off with Jack. What did you make of this one?
2: This was interesting. I actually thoroughly enjoyed it. And I know, well, I don't know for sure, um, but I think 2.0, 2.0 have had very mixed reviews. But I think that they are sort of cementing themselves quite nicely high up in the card um, through doing what they're doing and calling out all these big names. And, you know, I think for for Sting, he's had, is it two matches now? He had one on the pay-per-view and he had the cinematic match on the other pay-per-view. This is his first match back on TNT. Um, and I thought he was killer. Highlight of the match was definitely when he... um. Did the and I can't remember what it's called now his submission with both of them piled on each other.
0: Tom, what's it called? The uh, scorpion deathlock.
2: Yep, yeah, that was fucking killer. Um, he fucking took a bump for a table and got up like it was absolutely nothing. Like shout out yeah. Sting for this match because he was the absolute, the main part of this for me. Um, yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it. Well worth, you know, it's placed on a card, and not a lot of people, you know, would be like Sting's first match back on TNT is getting 2.0. But I think a lot of people are sleeping on 2.0. Um, you know, what well, a lot of a lot of WWE marks will say that it's the it's the talent and not the booking that ruins these wrestlers or whatever, or you know, the the reason these wrestlers aren't getting booked. But I think look no further than 2.0 in AEW, and you can see that they do have talent. And reverse yourself, and it's the booking in WWE that um, is causing this. So. So yeah, no, I, I'd, I mean, I'd show it to my friends and that, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd watch it again. Um, yeah, enjoyed it.
0: Well, Sting uh, popping up right after the table, um, table spot. Uh, that's I think that's kind of a reference to old Sting. He used to do stuff like that on WCW. Kind of hulked up before, well, not before Hulk Hogan started up hulked up, but around the same time Hulk Hogan was hulking up, he was uh, doing similar spots. Um. There was a lot of uh, really nice big spots in this match. Um, there was uh, you, you mentioned the double scorpion death lock. There was also a double scorpion death drop before that where he um, hit his scorpion death drop on both of them at the same time, one under each arm. Um, one brutal thing I remember was Darby getting... Oh, no, I think before that was Darby... Uh, they went into the crowd for a while, into that lobby area. 2.0 hit their finisher on Darby like onto like an awning like a, a little bit of the of the wall um which was pretty brutal and darby uh walking along the railings like in the crowd before jumping off that was cool and the brutal spot i was just referring to was when they double suplexed him onto his or was it a single suplex can't remember onto um his skateboard with the trucks up and oof that looked like it hurt um we, I did kind of wonder where Moxley was throughout all this because Kingston ended up getting involved to equalize and take out Garcia. But like 2.0, it was a kind of a bit of a feeble attack on Moxley. And then being Moxley, I think he'd get involved again. But he's like, eh, whatever, and pisses off again. So that was a bit weird for me that it was only Kingston that got involved in the match. But um, we were only going to come to Jack on this, but Liam's kind of making a fuss. So make it quick.
1: that i shall i'm gonna be honest the spot that jack mentioned with sting going through the table it really pissed me off and i don't mean to sound all jim Cornette or dan lambert as i'm sure we'll get into later but i the fact that sting quote unquote no sold being put through a table when he has a back made out of twix wrappers and chewing gum (laughs) i just i didn't like it like You know about his history. You know about the injury of why he had to retire. He shouldn't be no-selling things like that because all it does is make 2.0 look like complete and utter idiots. Well, 2.0 are complete and utter idiots. Yeah, but it makes them look like they can't hurt. Stink. If you can't hurt a 65-year-old man by putting him through a table, what's the fucking point in being a wrestler? But I suppose,
0: like I said, he was kind of doing stuff like that back in the day, so it's kind of a reference to that in a way. It's kind of, uh, I don't know, just to play devil's advocate here or Jack's advocate, as it were.
2: Just enjoy it, Liam, for fuck's sake.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: no, no, this is this is
0: the debate we're here for. Um, yeah, no, no, I, I, I see your point. Uh, it didn't bother me too much because it's not like they kind of, it's not like they've done that before, do you know what I mean? So it's like, I, I feel like with these things, as long as you treat it with the kind of, you know you don't overdo it I just um, had a random thought
2: when saying enjoy it Liam it was um you know do you have that YouTube video the Harry Potter with Hagrid Hagrid like you're Hagrid. A of Har- Hagrid no but I was just like you're gonna watch Sting get put for a fo- table and you're gonna fucking enjoy it <laughs> it's like
0: I mean, oh classic I, I do you're gonna do spells you're, you're gonna, gonna watch go to put for
2: a table <laughs> and you're gonna be fucking pleased about it
0: <laughs> you're be classic about it.
2: all, all yeah. you British out
0: there will know last thing i will say is um 2.0 oh, this is the thing i really fucking hate the guy that talks all the time matt lee i hate both of them they've got punchable faces but maybe that's a good thing do you know what i mean it's just they don't feel like they deserve this spot like i don't think they're even officially signed and they're feuding with fucking sting it's ridiculous and darby allen is one of the kind of um you know uh, big big stars also kind of further cementing that Derby and Mox and Kingston have this kind of informal kind of partnership, which I think is important given what's going to happen potentially tomorrow. But yes, we will get onto that later. Next up, we had uh, Sean Spears versus Sammy Guevara. Started off with a recap of earlier in the night. This was... This was uh Sammy Guevara's announcement, his big announcement, that didn't actually even happen on the show. It was uh obviously happened I don't know, I guess it was on dark or elevation or something. Jack probably knows. But they said, you know, earlier in the night this happened. And it was Sammy proposing to his girlfriend now fiance, Pam. Pamela. And uh yeah, basically they cut to Sean Spears saying he'll he'll make Pam an honorary member of the Pinnacle uh, and that just this one she can be on top because the pinnacle always on top it was uh, a very good joke uh so spears tried to ambush uh, sammy to start the match as sammy was making his way to the ring but sammy caught him and the match begun this was a match of the year candidate for me liam uh, how about you what did you think of this match
1: i really like this match yeah. I'm going to be honest, he caught me a bit off guard. Let me get my notes. Uh, right. Yeah, You're I did worst. like the match. I thought... I love, I know, I am. I'm so professional. Um, I'm going to be honest, the one bit about this I thought was a bit weird. I love AEW wouldn't actually do this. But when they teased Tony Pitty Aubrey, I was a bit like... Um,
0: Jim, so, yeah. Jim Jim, thought he'd put his slipped his hand round her waist for a second there Jim Ross he was like because he put his hands on the referee and then Tony's like no Jim that's the ring post <laughs> JR J- J- was just jealous because he wanted
2: to put his arms <laughs> round her yeah, JR would uh, then put blue shoes again
0: <laughs> gotta stop taking them before he starts announcing
1: but yeah I felt the match like was uh, much better once Tony got ejected to be honest I felt the flow of the match was much better
0: do you not um, think that spike Power driver is pretty cool, though?
1: Yeah, and I really like the spot where they were both at the top rope and uh, Sean Spears flipped off. Sammy fucking Givar incredible. And,
0: they bounced yeah. up and they seemed to be surprised that the other one had done it. They both got into spring pool position and then... Uh, was it was it Spears flipped him off or Sammy? Sammy flipped him off. One of them flipped the other uh, off. Spears flipped Sammy off. I'm pretty sure. And then Sammy, yeah, and then Sammy hit that beautiful, probably the nicest, one of the cleanest cutters I've ever seen, and they managed to do it while both standing on ring ropes. Is incredible.
1: I thought that had been the end of the match. I'm shocked they kicked out of that.
0: So a, a couple of notes. Um, one was that Sammy, you know, they they teased Pam being involved in the match. Like I love how she just. First-name bases now. Oh, yeah, Pam. Uh, Good old Pam. Uh, Sammy, you know, went over and kissed her at one point, and um, Sean Spears, when he got the chair out, he kind of teased, you know, hitting her with it. Um, Was was this a no-disqualification match from the beginning, by the way? Because...
1: I don't think it was, no.
0: Because, I mean, he got the fucking guardrail out and (laughs) dropped him onto it. It's like... I don't know. Uh, tables fall in a weird gray area about whether you get disqualified for them or not on guardrails and things like that, you know. Um, but, yeah. Uh, oh, no. It was, I, I thought it was a really good kind of psychological match with Spears kind of uh, – he got his knee out, didn't he? He pulled there pulled, uh, and started kneeing him in the head repeatedly. Oh, no. Yeah. knee Sammy. It was, it was Spears on Sammy. I was thinking it was the other way around for a sec there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the uh there was the crowd were chanting ten at one point, like mocking Spears for his old gimmick, uh when he was like the perfect ten. Um in in uh I've 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 actually completely forgotten what his name was in WWE now.
1: Ty Dillinger.
0: Ty Dillinger, thank you. Um yeah, just re- really good stuff all around. Um Sammy went for a uh what I can only describe as a double springboard cutter early on, where he uh he kind of bounced from one rope, one corner to another corner, and then, you know, almost hit the cutter, but Spears avoided it. Just really, really good stuff. Um, the finish to the match, like you said, you were surprised that he kicked out of that cutter. Um, Spears kicked out of more than that. Uh, so, well, first off was uh, was the big kick out from Sammy was uh, Spears hit the C4, which is his finisher, off uh, I believe, off the top rope. Uh, so it was an avalanche C4, and Sammy kicked out of it. So oh, crowd goes wild. And then um, outside the ring, they got the guardrail out, propped it between the ring and the and the barricade, and then Sammy stole uh, Sean Spears' finisher and c 4 him onto the guardrail, threw him back in the ring, hit the 6.30, which is one of his finishers, which he finished the Stadium Stampede 2 with, and Sean Spears fucking kicks out of it. And I, that was a, a big false finish because I went fucking mental and so did the crowd. Even though he's a heel, no one saw him kicking out of that. I don't think one person in the arena saw him kicking out of that. Seen a few complaints, people saying that should be it, but um, I'm fine. As I said, as long as it's used sparingly, false finishes of this magnitude uh, just add to the drama for me. And um, obviously it ended with, uh, with you know, they... they uh, I think Sammy was like kicking his head in at one point, and then he hits the GTH, and it's over. But uh, yeah, Jack, what did what did you make of this?
2: Yeah, no, I loved it. I loved it. Um, I feel like after hearing your kind of reaction to it, it's made me appreciate it more than I did originally. Um, but that's not because it was a bad match. I think I just think that I really enjoyed this dynamite. There was a lot. Well,
0: to was like. a, this is awesome, Chan. I mean, it, like, didn't the crowd catch you? onto that you are watching something special?
2: Yeah, no, no. D- d- crikey, that was high pitch. Um, <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> yeah, no, no. It was, it was good. I, and again, loads of really cool spots. Um, yeah, my favourite was the um, the cutter off the top rope, especially oh, it's that little so yeah. smooth. So Shout smooth. out to that again. And. Um, and yeah, no, I thought, you know, I just thought it was a really good match overall. I've not got too much really to add on that part. Um, Pam is a bit of a legend on the old Sammy vlog. But so yeah, no no, no complaints from me here. Um, really cool. Sammy obviously having to stand out 2021. Um, arguably might be, you know, winning a WANK award at the end of the year. Who knows? Might be, um, might be. And Sean Sean Spears, fair play, is really underrated and um, one of the unsung heroes, I think, of AW. um and it's a shame we don't see him win more than we should. But, you know, I think right result here for sure.
0: Proving Cody right with that good hand comment. Like, not when Always a bridesmaid, never a bride putting other people over. But that he can do very well. Next up, we had the Dan Lambert of American Top Team. Uh, cutting another scathing promo. Jack, like... Okay, so first off... Right, he um, he was with Junior Dos Santos and Andre Orlovsky, and I um, I don't watch UFC, but I've heard of these guys, so I assume they're big just because I've heard of them. It's like if you've not if you've not watched if you don't watch basketball, you know, like who LeBron James or Kevin Durant is or something like that. You've heard their names before, even if you you know you've not watched them or stuff like that. You know, it's like. The fact that I've heard of them means, well, they must be big. But, like, oh, this is so weird because this has, oh, this has no right being as good as it is. But um, before I come to you on it, I will just say he, uh, he cut a, a kind of weirdly right-wing promo to begin with. It started out like he was hitting all the kind of... Donald Trump's Twitter kind of kind of bingo cards uh you know spots he was saying he was saying um oh what happened to free speech in this country uh you know these these millennial snowflakes and stuff like that or stuff like you know I can't remember the other stuff he was saying uh, just stuff like that essentially um and it <laughs> It, I I'm going to be honest I think Texas was the wrong state to do this in cuz he won over half the crowd when he was supposed to be here. <laughs> um yeah, uh okay, so before I yeah, again before I get your opinion on it, he um he, he's just he he had brought muscle with him, as I said, he'd brought James Santos Andrejlowski with him um so that, you know, he couldn't get attacked while he shits on AEW and uh talks about how You know, it's ruining wrestling, killing wrestling and carried on his Jim Cornette stick. Lance Archer came out and attacked him. Well, tried to attack him and but got ambushed by the men of the year, uh, Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. Jack, you talk for a while because I'm running out of words. This was a really good promo, right? But it's still confusing me as to why he's there.
2: Yeah, uh, firstly, they addressed that this was going to be last week and not this week, but then never acknowledged that it wasn't on last week's show and instead it was in this week's show. Oh no, very confusing. But Dan Lambert knows how to get heat um from a promo or i know you said wrong audience
0: but in general like that promo was like yeah the second half of the promo it got good heat because yeah they're like (laughs) southern texans but they're also AEW fans so it's like exactly and i I just i thought it was really i actually thoroughly enjoy watching it because i'm like how much
2: is this guy gonna shit on the product before someone like batters him do you know what i mean it's like it's like that guy in a pub that's always like just you can see as he's getting more and more drunk and the night's getting on, you're just like, this is going to end in a fight. Or this guy's getting... You know how it's going to end, you know what I mean? It's just like, why won't someone just shut this guy up? Um, and anyway, it's just... Yeah, so that made me laugh. Um, but no, as a segment, really fucking random. I don't know why it's happening or who Dan Lambert's, you know, paying off to be there. But I mean... I'm, I'm happy to have it. It's a regular thing. I want Dan Lambert to slag off the product more. I find it hilarious, um, even though we love it. But it's just funny. Um, but the whole thing, I'm, I mean, it seems like the men of the year are on Dan Lambert's side. And now it's the men of the year versus Lance Archer. Um, so I guess that's happening. Don't know how I feel about it. I'm sure it'll be a fun match. Um, but no sort of emotional investment as of yet
0: next up we had well we had the tag title matches the AEW tag team title matches the Young Bucks versus Jurassic Express I'll come to both of you on this one uh, but I'll come to you first Jack get off your phone what did you think of this tag team matchup I bet you liked it can't believe you just called me out like that on the podcast
2: that was, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was doing, actually doing research so you know it was podcast
0: related so go fuck
2: yourself um, obviously I liked it Only fans. It? imagine
0: you're on uh, you're on Enzo Amore's OnlyFans I don't think it's a sexual one His. I think it's like workout tips
2: (laughs) Um, I actually feel sorry for that platform because I swear it's actually made up for like shit like that like content creators and they just made it into a porn site Uh, and the the creator of OnlyFans lives happily in his fucking mansion um this match yeah no fucking this is like a dream the all these sort of matches in my dreams young bucks with anyone um but especially jurassic, jurassic express which are you know such a hot tag team at the moment they have been forever i don't think they ever will not be um even more so where um but that, i was about to say actually is. I don't know how I feel about them adopting Jungle Boy's theme for, like, the whole... I thought game. that while I was watching this, yeah. honestly. I had the exact same thought. But, um.
0: But you know, I mean, it's because the sing-along factor, which is fair enough. and the Because f- it's it's one of those ones where if Luchasaurus came out for a singles match... They probably wouldn't play it, so it just it just tells you that Jungle Boy is the main one. It's one of those things like, yeah, it's like, oh, I don't know. There, there are other situations where got yeah, that's it. It's like when best friends come out all together. They come out to Orange Cassidy's theme. Yeah, but if Chris if Chris Statlander comes out on her own she's coming out to her own thing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's, so, it's
2: an interesting thing they do. I don't get It's I, one of those
0: ones they kind of say this one's the main one because when they're a team, it's his music. When he's alone, it's his music. When it's someone else, they have their own music. Yeah, you know. So no.
2: It's it's interesting to notice though. Um, but no, this match was, um, I was very excited for this. This was actually one of, a lot of time, doesn't happen, but it's one of the few matches where there was a lot of doubt. Even going into it, Um, I... Not was, for me. Not for you. No. i was actually even before watching the match i was like i think they could lose the titles here i was like i, d- I don't know they was just i just fancied it and then um even and then as i was I say suppose
0: the one i suppose the one seed of doubt was um the fact that kenny lost the impact title and it's like oh is this the start of the fall of the elite one rather yeah. than the other i suppose that was the seed of doubt but sorry as you said you said as you always say
2: yeah no as i always say the um the, the key to a perfect match is even when you you know don't think the result will be what it is like I said I thought it would be a Jurassic Express win but obviously the the logical side of me was like it probably will be you know, you know what I mean the favourites would be Young Bucks and but the the key to a good match is obviously making you believe and I think you know this match did it I mean I've seen on um, Cage match that um, you know this was the best uh, rated match of the night obviously um, so I
0: disagree it's all subjective but I disagree yes. Um, I, I thought it was good I thought it was the
2: second best match of the night yeah I, I just thought it was class um, and you know just just good good stuff like Young Bucks can get a good match out of any tag team at the moment um, and this especially um, intrigued me with the revelation um, we'll announce later with the new uh, what's happening with the Bucks the tag, um, at a All nice Out match. yes There's so um, out. so um, you know could there be a part two to this we'll see but no I only enjoyed
0: well did you have a favourite spot or a couple of spots in the match before I list off some good ones that I've taken some notes on
2: Oh, um I actually can't remember a spot
0: enjoyed on. the match but you can't remember any of it I
2: know, I know. it's because I always watch in the morning
0: the whole day's gone by I'm trying to think now um, well, you could be professional and take notes like I do I know, I know like, li- work- even Liam takes notes and he can't even afford a fucking microphone <laughs> <laughs> I'm working at the same time um Nate, Na- Na- list some spots for me. All right. So we had... Well, this not so much a spot, this first one, but we had Nick using the cold spray as deodorant outside, and then Jungle, jungle Boy absolutely fucking bodied him. Um, there was a nice hurricane runner over the ropes from Jungle Boy from, like, the inside to the outside. So he jumped jumped onto, I think it was Nick again, um, from the inside and hurricanrana into the outside. Uh, there was um, Jungle Boy hit – this was a big one – hit an avalanche brain buster off Lucha's shoulders, Luchasaurus' shoulders. So they got up on the – him and, uh, him and uh, probably Nick again. Nick takes all the big spots. Got up on the ropes and then Jungle Boy got him in like a superplex or whatever position and then jumped onto Luchasaurus' shoulders holding said buck and dropped him. Yeah, no, triangle. I remember
2: that one now. That
0: one's fucking – yeah. Absolutely sick lucha oh actually no there was a drop kick indie taker where um instead of doing a regular indie taker the bucks got got him up for the regular indie taker um jungle boy was in the tombstone pile drive position um nick goes up but instead of doing the kind of split leg pile driver he um drop kicked jungle boy and fell backwards onto luchasaurus who was underneath them that was one um so it's all coming back to me now now you've all come off. back to you see this is why you take your own notes so you remember it um <laughs> there's a really nice th- thoracic express i think it's called their finisher um it got broken up so he didn't kick out of it i think it was matt didn't kick out of it but um sold it so nicely um i will just give a rundown of uh how the match went so as well kenny came out didn't he with the golden chair and then it got used against them. So it was a history kind of repeating itself that jungle boy hit another brain buster on, uh, one of the bucks through the, through the gold, Oh, it was Matt through the, through the golden chair. Um, so it was kind of like, you know, a callback to that Christian match that, uh, where the young bucks brought a chair to the ring and it cost Kenny the title almost happened in reverse. Kenny brought a chair to the ring almost cost the bucks the title. Um, obviously good brothers and nakamura started getting involved towards the end although jungle boy fought them off so it was technically a clean finish and a clean uh clean win because jungle boy rolled up uh one of the bucks but it rolled through and they got a uh bte trigger in and so it's te- yeah like i said it was technically a clean win um which was nice uh one thing i one thing i will say before i come to liam on this was <laughs> there was so don Callis was on commentary for this and um <laughs> he said i've got a soundbite of it as well but he was he was talking about the bucks he was like he said they were strong like a tractor but also smart like a tractor <laughs> and 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 the silence afterwards is deafening i on my soundbite i literally only recorded about a third of the silence afterwards because i've got it here so have a listen he's showing what many of us have known for a long time strong like tractor but also smart like tractor (laughs) the commentary said nothing to it strong like tractor but also smart like it's like smart like a fox but it's like you just like obviously you did it on purpose but smart like tractor um yeah liam give us your opinion on this was this much strong like tractor more importantly was it smart like tractor
1: it was indeed smart and strong, like Tractor. It, Just like a Tractor. Yes, exactly. It was an absolute brilliant match. Uh, my favourite spot of a uh, pole match personally was when they teased it, it had the same thing as to Friday's Kenny Omega match at Rampage, with uh, Kenny coming out with a chair and sliding it into the ring. And I, I, when that was, was about to happen, I was genuinely thinking to myself, are Going to have the box lose the titles the same way Kenny lost the belt. Yeah. But obviously that didn't happen. But. So i have to scroll back to my notes. I'm, I'm professional as always, I'm sorry. It's. Yeah, but I've noticed that uh, the Unbox tend to. Uh, they're having a good minute, in my opinion, a really great run of matches, uh, even for their level. And I don't know whether, I don't know whether that's because I think this is the first time that both of them are actually not working her, I think. Because then obviously, yep. they've had niggling like, injuries between them over the last year or so. And well, I was going to say, last
0: year I think was the first year in recent memory, probably in the last near decade, where Young Bucks were, in my opinion, in the opinion of, I think, of quite a few publications based on awards. Last year, they weren't, arguably weren't the best tag team in the world last year, but I think they're back to being so this year. I don't know if you agree with that.
1: Oh, yeah, I do completely. Like, it, the, the thing that makes them so good in my opinion is it doesn't matter what opponents they have whether it's Certainly a team like said, yeah. Where, yeah whether it's team like Jurassic Express or be Acclaimed or Moxley and Kingston like you see Kingston. their name on a card with anyone you know it's going to be a good match exactly yeah like that's the thing that I love so much about them is you know, it's like, like Serena Deeb isn't it it's like
0: that kind of bringing the best out of Europe. Obviously, they're two very different, well, three very different. Well, I say the different.
2: same with like Lucha Bros. Whenever I see Lucha Bros against anyone, but that's mainly because I love watching Lucha Bros, not more because they, but that sort of effect where you can watch any match
0: with them in and you'll enjoy yeah. it. Yeah. Put them against Chaos Project, I want to say. Is it Chaos Project? <laughs> that's the real test. Yeah, yeah. I always say Chaos Theory, so. Anyway, let's. Yeah, no, good match. Oh, what I will want to say before we move on to the next one is: Did you guys notice CM Punk's shirt? And have you been noticing? Not see not CM Punk's shirt. Fuck Kenny. Spoil it now, Kenny's shirt. Yes. Um yeah,
1: no, uh, Magnet.
0: Yeah, yeah. And last and week it was, was Cookie the Monster. Yeah. Cook uh... You, you get the references, Liam. Obviously, Jack does by his voice.
1: Seeing the thing is, I got the Chip Magnet one, but the Cookie Monster shirt. I was watching it, thinking, "What the fuck is wearing a Cookie Monster shirt?" But and it's all become clear now. Yeah, I didn't realise till like two days later when I seen someone talk about it. I probably.
0: only got it because I read it today. I saw someone point it out and I was like, oh, yeah. Not only was it... Um, not only is it uh, the initial CM, but it's also uh, Punk over the years. So originally, it actually was Chick Magnet. That's what the CM and CM Punk stood for. when, he, In his backyard wrestling days, he was part of a tag team called the Chick Magnets. However, in interviews, he gave... Always gave a different answer when people asked what the what the CM stands for, and two, well, one of them obviously was Chick Magnet, the, an answer that he gave. But um, Cookie Monster was another one he uh, gave. I think he said Charles Manson once as well, but I don't think any could wear a Char- get away wearing a Charles Manson t-shirt. So um, yeah, but just lovely, interesting little nod. And there's been lots of references. I'm sure you guys, like you said, you've seen this stuff on Reddit, so I'm sure you've seen it on Reddit. But there's been lots more than probably. Uh, probably any one person has noticed there's been more than that um, that that has been slipped in and gone over a lot of our heads. But yeah, it's exciting. And as I say, it is Punkmas Eve. One thing we neglected to mention is Christian came out during the match um, because he, he came out essentially and had to uh, equalize after Kenny Omega interrupted because um, kenny omega kind of took out marco stunt tom i've quickly uh, got
2: to stop you because yeah. midway through our broadcast we have some breaking news do we and i will just show to the screen now and tom can announce it or oh, if you can see that uh, d-
0: looks like oh 2.0 roll elite and they're spelling it two-point with a p o i n t.
2: Yeah. So Tony Khan just tweeted, well, i say an hour ago, after they, arrived, after they arrived in AEW and called out the toughest competition from day one and then survived a brutal Texas Tornado match last night on Dynamite, there is no doubt Matt Lee and Jeff
0: Parker 2.0 are all elite. So there you go, breaking news. You just interrupted me in the middle of a match report to tell me 2.0 had signed. Uh, It's breaking news. I was was looking for CM Punk stuff on your phone screen then.
2: It was breaking news. Now, please continue.
0: (sighs) You've got to give the people what they want. (laughs) People don't want 2.0 announcements. And then we could have done that. It could have waited. Anyway, (laughs) Christian Cage came out during the match and afterwards... um, Doc Gallows, with the help of Kenny Omega, carried him back to the ring after the match was over, and there was a big beatdown. Um, Don Callis got a shot in and hurt his foot, stumping on Christian. And, uh, yeah, and then there was a one-winged angel, and then they all fake-counted the one, two, three, as to say, this is what's going to happen to you at All Out. Next up, we had Britt Baker... And Jamie Hater addressing what happened on Rampage when Jamie Hater came out to um, help out Britt Baker. And uh, yeah, Britt Baker kind of in- introduced her and said, you know, who she was, we needed to bring in the best. And Jamie essentially called out uh, Red Velvet for a match between the two of them, um, passed it back to Britt, and Britt uh, referenced Red Velvet saying that red is not your color. Uh, and Brit basically said, well, gold is not your color and never will be. Um, and then they did the DMD thing. Jamie Hayter didn't join in and Brit was like, she'll get it next time. Um, Liam, I'm going to come to you. How awkward was Jamie Hayter here? Because I think her mic skills need a little bit of work. And it was quite glaring when you compare it to uh, Brit's in the same segment. Because, I mean, Brits used to be terrible, but she's come a long way, a very long way. Um, and I think she's a really good talker now. But, um, yeah, Jamie just seemed, like, really awkward. And it didn't help that she's very Southern. Like, not Southern America, like Dallas. She's, like, she sounds very much like where me and Jack are from. Because she is. she grew up 22 minutes away from us, across the boat, on, uh, across the water. But, um, yeah, no, it's just it always, it's always awkward to me hearing... British voices um, on American shows. So that didn't help. Um, But whereas other Brits like Pac and um, Kip Sabian, they've kind of refined their mic skills to the point where I kind of get over that and it doesn't sound awkward. And especially Pac sounds very different to where I'm from as well. So it's not like, it's not that jarring because he's obviously from up north. Um, This
1: just, yeah, this hurt my ears. I don't know about you. Well, I mean... With me having a Bummi absent, I can't really comment on the way people talk, but I'm going to be honest with you, she literally sounded like what every stereotypical Brit sounds like in every American film I've That was, that's watched. exactly it, yeah, and it was yeah. so
0: weird, and it was it was like, it was like she alternated between Posh and chavy as well, it was like she didn't know who she wanted to be with her voice, it was like... Let me tell you something. <laughs> and then, like, oh, well, you got it? <laughs> like that. It was like, it was one thing then to the next, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. I mean, I didn't know she grew up so close to you, Lot, like, but when I was hearing her talk. I From
0: Southampton, talking,
1: yeah. Oh, okay. I was thinking, like, one, she just sounds incredibly not out of place, it's the wrong term to use, but even the promo style, because of the way she was talking, it felt like it was getting dragged on a lot more than. Other promos that I've had heard throughout the night as well, which I'm gathering else obviously and she's probably gonna have to adapt to, you know, upping a promo game and stuff I like think, that. So sorry to cut you off, I just I just want to say fine.
0: I think I think her character could have benefited from not talking at all, don't you? Because like how she didn't join in with the DMD at the end and just stood there with her arms crossed. She could have just been this imposing bodyguard. She didn't really need to talk, did she? I don't think. At least at least not until her promo skills have she's had a few promo classes.
1: Well, that's the thing, yeah. Like you said, they didn't need to have a talk, especially when you've got Brit who can do all the talking for us, the mouthpiece of the little group, anyway. Yeah, so yeah, like, like I said, it just I'm gathering it's you know bettering early with the promos, and obviously, the more she does, the better she'll become at them, similar to obviously what happened with Brit. Is, like she's a brilliant promo now, but like you said, she wasn't good when she yeah.
0: started doing I remember it. remember how bad she, bad she was like on the Jericho Cruise and around that time, and a few weeks before that, it was just awkward and bad. But like you said, obviously she she worked hard at it, and hopefully
1: Jamie Hayter can too. Yeah, yeah, no, I always want to say as well, is, like I said, I think the more that she is living in America, a voice will... Because I've noticed a lot of Southern accents tend to adapt over, like, when they're in... America as well but
0: sometimes America's. that makes it more awkward because you get like this weird transatlantic accent from it
1: I know but I still think that's going to be more understandable especially for the American audience than having mm. generic uh, southern person in American film 200 I think as her voice gets more and more Americanized, I think she'll be a, a lot better promo for it because her speaking going to you'll be different and she'll be a lot more used to speaking in the AW style it's very interesting how
0: you mention it specifically southern voices that change in America rather than northern ones because um, like you said pack packs pack is still very very Geordie yeah um, uh, and I'm my chili gone sorry I was just gonna say my dad's a scouser he's lived in America for like twenty plus years now and um, st- and still kind of get asked what fucking country are you from <laughs> because say it like mate <laughs> bucket of chicken and a can of coke <laughs> like so. Um, yeah, it did not change at all. So it, it's a similar thing. It is obviously our our uh, Southern accents are very malleable, I guess. Next up, we had a promo from Matt Hardy um, where he addressed the rumors that he's been bullying Wheeler Yuta, Um, and said, no, I've not been bullying Wheelie Utah. We'll have a match. They've had a match now uh, at this point. So it was weird that they... Uh, they they announced that on dynamite um and uh orange cassidy uh, we also called out orange cassidy orange Cassidy responded that uh maybe they should find out if uh matt can kick his ass as he says so that match is probably is that much happening at all out jack do you think or is that next week Next week, yeah, that was it. Uh, that's why I asked, because I did have in the back of my head that it was happening to someone else. Next week, we will see Matt Hardy versus Orange Cassidy. Very exciting. Next up, we had Tony Skiavone interviewing Paul White about what happened last week, saying, you know, you're a mate. You know, been a friend for a long time. Thanks for helping me out, my son. Um, and uh, Paul says he was happy to help him, but uh, it, that wasn't the only reason he did it, because it was amazing to get back in the ring again. Um, says he has an announcement, which he never actually finished. Um, although, unless the the, uh, the announcement was that he was having the match, but anyway, he was interrupted by Cutie Marshall and his boys. Cutie um, said something very scathing and said, uh, "There's a reason that Tony Khan hired you as an announcer. This is to um, to Paul White and not as a as an in ring former. And then he pulled up X rays uh, of. Uh, of Paul White's hip um, and then surgery photos from his hip replacement um, and at, at this point uh, I keep going to say big show uh, Paul White uh, responded by um, you know saying oh you think you'll uh, put up some pictures of my hip and my big beautiful ass uh, <laughs> because the surgery photo included a bit of his ass in um, and say, so, you know you think that's going to rock me and says, well, I've got you know, something for you. It will be Paul White versus Cutie Marshall at All Out. Jack, we're coming to you because your Cutie meter is at uh, 2.5 currently, I think. Where, Where is it now, the excitement about Cutie Marshall? It's 2.5 out of 10 at the moment. Has it changed?
2: Oh, I'm trying. Yes. Yes. Gone up
0: very slightly. So we're at a three, are we?
2: Yeah, because I don't. I really don't want to push it too much. Because well, nosebleed. That... <laughs> well, I these, feel like these high, high heights. Well, I, I, I don't. 10. I don't want to push it high because that would mean that I enjoyed this, um, and I you don't didn't. think I did.
0: No, but I mean, oh, what about this though? Hold on, have a look at this. One? My big beautiful ass. My big. <laughs> I've got that for everything now. <laughs> My like big if beautiful you... ass yeah instead of saying like my ass to something i'll be like my big beautiful ass just (laughs) got that on the soundboard now um no am i excited to see
2: paul white in a pay-per-view of course i am am i excited to see paul white in a pay-per-view against qt marshall where there's only been a week or two of build not really what is there to this if i hope it's a buy-in because like there's some good matches that are going to be on that all out card and to have QT Marshall versus Paul White in the middle of them just doesn't
0: do it for me. That would, that would not we sell. We said this, we said this last week. It's, Oh yeah, you don't want it to be on the buying exactly because that's not going to sell pay-per-views. Exactly. So yeah. it's just, <laughs> I don't,
2: I don't know why this has happened. <laughs> um, I how, just, did I, <laughs> how did we get
0: here? Paul White, right. I mean, I don't even think the crowd were that hyped. I'm I'm, I'm hyped. I'm hyped to see him. It's a novelty, isn't it? It's like... He's not going to lose. But Paul White was never an amazing technical wrestler and no one expected him to be because he's fucking giant. Do you know what I mean? So it's like... Although he can, he can't, he can't. I remember um, some old WCW stuff and a match he had with Kane on SmackDown where they just said, right, let's just show people we can actually wrestle. And they just, it was, it was almost a troll by them wrestling good. They almost trolled people by wrestling really good. Um, So I know he's got it in him, but that was years ago. and I've seen like maybe, like I said, Uh, two good matches maybe from him one where he really pulled out all the stops in wcw when he was the giant i remember i just i don't remember which match i just remember a match and then that match i referenced on smackdown but he's had a hip replacement like i'm kind of with qt on this that uh you know i don't think this will be a good match um but i I think no I, i actually think it could go the absolute opposite way i think they could it could be it could look so bad even to those within the company like paul white versus cutie marshall oh and the, what they'll do is they'll pack it full of spots that kind of look like exciting but maybe aren't yeah like, gonna gonna hurt paul um and there's just gonna be it's just gonna be like a one spot then another then another like you know maybe yeah. you know, a, ta- a table spot or a kind of you know I don't know, punching him through a table or something like that. The only thing I-, I can say is a fair play, Paul,
2: because, you know, he's come to AW and he's having the time of his life and you can see, you know, he's enjoying it. So that's enough for me. I mean, you know, it's nice he's having a good time. <laughs> it is. He is definitely. Well, it's the Paul, boy. <laughs> My big, beautiful ass. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Next up, we had uh, a Jade Cargill reminding us she still exists um, with Mark Sterling. They basically they set their sights on Kiera Hogan, uh, formerly of Impact Wrestling, now wrestling on Dark Slash Dark Elevation. Apparently, she's had some few good matches recently. Jack can attest to that. Um, Jade Jade and uh, Mark Sterling both compliment Ciara Hogan. Um and uh obviously Challenger to a match. I think the map they have are they having a match on Dynamite? Rampage on Friday. Rampage. So yeah, one of the major shows. So we will see finally see Jay Cargill back in action on uh on a prime time show. or well, I don't know if ten o'clock's prime time, but you know, on a, on a main show. Um also they kind of uh they kind of dissed on uh, Fuego a bit. like Jade was like, what was his name? Like, uh, And then uh, Mark said, I had to remind him, Fuego, sh- ah, Fuego. It was fun seeing Miro deck Fuego because they kind of compared the situation that what Jade's going to do to care Hogan is similar to what Miro did to Fuego Del Sol, but said, hey, you know, he got offered a contract afterwards, so maybe it will work out for you getting your ass kicked by Jade. So, you know, that was a nice little reference. Still uh, not much to this other than, you know, the announcement that we will be seeing Jay Cargill again. Next up, it was Tony Schiavone interviewing the elite. So um, there, there was an announcement during this segment that there will be a tag team elimination tournament to decide the next challenges for the Young Bucks uh, titles, and it will be in a steel cage, a solid steel cage. Use MGF's words. Uh, the competitors are the Vasty Blondes. Who will be facing, uh, I think, wait... Is it, uh, will they be facing Lucha Brothers? Am I right in saying that, Jack? Or no, Jurassic Express? So on Friday,
2: it's yeah. Private Party versus, um, no, no, sorry. Yeah, Private Party versus Jurassic Express. And then it's Varsity Blondes versus Lucha Bros. Yeah, so you go. you'd imagine it'd be Lucha Bros versus Jurassic, Jurassic Express, Express, which yeah, would exactly. be fucking
0: killer. My first thoughts, exactly. But, the well, the final's not in the steel cage, is it? It's the match versus the Young Bucks will be in the steel cage. So you'd imagine that... Yeah, yeah. You'd imagine that um, that it will be um, Jurassic Express and Lucha Bros going through to the finals, and then I would think Lucha Brothers winning because we've already seen the Jurassic Express have their title shot.
2: I also think because Lucha Bros and Bucks have a big rivalry, um, I think whoever... Is facing Bucks at all out is gonna win it, and I think um, you know it's in, the reason to add the steel cage is for a new stipulation um, that you know, and Bucks and Lucha is pretty much done. You know they've done normal tag matches, which wouldn't be boring again, but they've done um, they've done you know the um, the ladder match. Um, so it's nice to have a different kind of stipulation to see these two in.
0: Well, I was going to come to Liam on this one, but I'll give him the next one instead, because... Uh, Sorry, I popped up for you, Liam. You did, yeah. So I did come to you for the information, so it's sort of my fault for being a dum dumb and forgetting who was facing who. Next up, we had Taz come to the ring, introduce Hook. The Hookers were going wild during the previous segment. We heard the, uh, the Hookers in the crowd chanting for Hook. Um... And, uh, yeah, he introduced himself, like I said, introduces Hook, then introduces Ricky Starks. Ricky Starks makes his way to the ring, and Ricky calls out Brian Cage. Um, And we're thinking, he's got no security detail, he's a heel, why is he calling out Brian Cage? And it turns out because Powerhouse Hobbs has laid out Brian Cage backstage. Um, So we cut to that. And then Brian Cage very quickly starts getting to his feet and battling back against uh, Powerhouse Hobbs. And then Ricky and Taz and Hook all start panicking and say, we've got to go, we've got to go. Felt very, very rushed in my opinion. But Liam, I don't know, give me your, your take on this. And are we going to see uh, another FTW title match at All Out? Potentially Potentially that could be the pre-match, uh, pre-show match. Uh,
1: <clears throat> so I'm clear my throat and start again. Um, yeah, to be fair, I mean, I'm, I'm over... I read on Reddit that Brian Cage vs Ricky Stars was apparently meant to be a match on BitStyle Might and it got removed from the website last minute. So I'm gathering they're going to have a match at some point or whether they're gonna do Brian Cage versus Will Hobbs first. Maybe yeah. potentially. Uh also Will Hobbs's um drip yesterday. That fucking outfit man, the fucking dongeries. He just looks like a fucking killer. Right. Like <laughs> it suits him a lot more than leather face wrestling attire literally yeah <laughs> it, like having wrestling with dongerese fuck it i don't care but like, like you said yeah it felt rushed as fuck um i don't really have anything else to add to it that you haven't really said already this is set, what mate. i mean do
0: we really need chris jericho reminding us that he has saying absolutely nothing but just reminding us he has a match later in the night which you know it's the main event we don't really need reminding of it do you know what i mean yeah. Like, and can we have like an extra two minutes on something like this, so they're not like, "Oh, we gotta go, we gotta go," and then just bustling out, and then the commentary team like not even giving it, like I said, a time time to breathe, and just going straight on to the next thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, completely agree, mate. Like, I, I'm gathering we'll probably get Hobbs versus uh, Cage maybe at the next Rampage or something. And um, obviously, if Cage wins, he'll get a match versus Starks at All Out, but. I think they wouldn't carry on doing what they're doing if it wasn't going to end in another match between the two. They'd have no other reason to carry this song, in my opinion. So Yeah, I just I don't think
0: that honestly don't think that Team Taz has been involved in a single interesting angle, really. So I mean it kind of peaked for me. Funnily enough, during that match, the FTW title match where Ricky Ricky Stocks won the title. And that was just on the merit of the match alone and how hot the crowd were because they were back on the road. Not so much, you know, not so much um, the angle itself. The, like, like I said, I don't think they've been involved in a single angle that excited me. The Darby Allen stuff and then this kind of split up stuff. I'm just, I'm just not interested in it really. And that's, that's a big problem in wrestling, I think. But, you know, they seem to be doubling down on it and sticking with it. Just someone needs to shake them up in my opinion. Next up, we had Death Triangle um being I think it was Tony talking to Death Triangle. He was on a lot of duties tonight. We didn't have any Dasher tonight. So um yeah, the uh Andrade is still after after the Lucha Bros, trying to poach them from him. Um but before they appear, which they inevitably do, Pac says, where better to face Andrade than all out where I uh same place where I faced Kenny Omega and obliterated him on two weeks' notice. So reminding us of that, which is a big kind of feather in Pac's cap. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, then Andrade and Chavo interrupt and inform them that uh, if if um, Pac wants to face Andrade, he has to agree to Andrade's terms and they pull out a big kind of 200-odd page document Uh, Liam, it's pretty obvious the terms are that if he loses, he loses Lucha Brothers. Aren't we kind of agreed on that
1: potentially? Uh, Yeah, I think another one could be that Andrade gets to have Ric Flair in his corner potentially or something like that. I mean, given the size of the document, it might be both. Yeah, true. I mean, it's a massive wad of paper.
0: They might also be, because of the size of it, they might also be doing something like where they're slipping in some small print that he didn't notice or something, you know?
1: Yeah, uh, completely agree. But uh, I mean, to be fair, I don't think it's necessarily going to be if Andrade wins, but he gets the Lucha Brothers. I think the Lucha Brothers custody of Lucha, Lucha Brothers match. Pack.
0: Yeah, we've been saying this that this <laughs> yeah. this um this feud would feel a bit weird if they didn't. Now, to be fair,
1: exactly. I mean, when you think of how Andrade's treated, the Lucha Brothers, even with like you know the five star limo and. Everything else, and he's and obviously though thats the thing with wrestling. When the heels make a very valid point, you're kind of a bit conflicted. And everything Andrade said about you know how the Lucha Brothers won't be champions while they have as manager, and they'll have a much better. But the thing life is, what? But
0: what pack? What pack keeps? addressing though is that their they're mates he's not their boss and whereas Andrade wants them to work for him do you know what I mean so um, and Andrade keeps coming and saying but keeps insisting that Pac is their boss and he's saying I'm not your boss you know It's uh, I don't know where you've got this idea from so
1: Yeah to be fair yeah you've Dummy over there and maybe look like an idiot, thank you for that. Uh, <laughs> it's,
0: no, it's a valid point, like you say, no, you say, no, you say you're
1: saying, of course you're seeing it from his perspective, but yeah, like like Peter. I said,
0: it's you know, they, they've this is where this is the, this disagreement essentially is kind of the the basis for the entire feud, so
1: I do think look, I do think it's ending with Andrade beating Pac and he having the Lucha brothers with him, whether that's terms of a contract or they cost Pac the match or whatever. That's how I'm expecting that angle to finish it all out. Uh, I mean, whether it's the group will grow after that and they'll have more people as well as the Luke's Brothers and Andrade, we'll have to wait and see. But one thing to ask either of you, who's the bloke that's currently with them who's not Chavo Guerrero? I don't think I've seen him in a wrestling capacity before, but I don't know whether he's been on the Indies before. The guy is what, with Andrade? Yeah, and they just—I think he just holds some paperwork with him all the time or something.
0: I—I I didn't take enough <laughs> notes to, you know, give him a scan if I recognised him or not. I'm afraid. Oh, okay, that's fair. I was just—he probably, probably like is a—probably is a wrestler in the same way that Mark Sterling is a wrestler when they used him as, you know, um, part of MGF's you know, thing, pretending he was a lawyer. But yeah. he is a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> is he a lawyer? I mean, it might be. Do you know? What I mean, uh, Luchasaurus has a PhD, didn't he? Yeah, and britt baker's a dentist there you go so people can have more than one job breaking news <laughs> <laughs> du, 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 du. <laughs> next up Oh, Liam, we're sticking with you for this one. You have the dubious honor of helping me talk through Penelope Ford versus Thunder Rosa. I say dubious because I wasn't a big fan of this match. But um, yeah, one nice touch was Rosa came out with the Texas flag in Texas ring gear um, because it's her adopted home. I'm not sure the geography on if Tijuana is close to the border of Mexico, but I assume it is um, because that's where she's built from. Um, yeah, there was just there really wasn't a lot that happened in this match. Uh, like nothing really notable until toward the end when Penelope locked in the mooter lock. This was one bit I liked that saved it from being a total wash for me. And Rosa did some really fantastic mat wrestling to um, you know, uh, first there was a pin because Rosa's Rosa's uh near fall I should say because Rosa's shoulders went to the floor. But um, that was just a transition into a submission of her own. But then Penelope Ford, I believe, executed. She went for like a, a, I would say, a Roderick Strong style backbreaker, but executed it so sloppily. It didn't. Her knees didn't even connect with the back. It was more like the side and they just kind of fell to the floor. Um, yeah, very poor. And then Rosa, you know, quite... Abruptly submitted uh, Penelope Ford. So I don't know what you made of it. Maybe you thought it was fucking amazing, but I, you know, I'd rate it in the low, low scoring range, three or four out of ten,
1: or something. Yeah, I wasn't the biggest fan of the match. I felt they both had a bit of an iffy start. To be honest, uh, yeah. like I just they they did recover, and I think the reversals later in the match did help them recover a lot, and um. The best thing about this match, uh, I'm really sorry, Molly, but it was 100% Kelly Pforge's outfit. And <laughs> if I have to die on that hill, then so be it. But both women are capable of bettering the ring with other opponents. Maybe they both just had a bad day at the office and maybe if they did have another match in the future, it would be better.
0: I'm going to be honest, and this is going to be a controversial take, um, but... And and this isn't to say she's a bad wrestler, by any means. I think Thunder Rosa is a little bit overrated.
1: Do you think that's partly because of the Lights Out match, or do you, do you think that before that as well, she just had overrated? I
0: think before that, she was a little bit overrated as well. I mean, she she's improved, and she's come on leaps and bounds. But the thing with the Lights Out match is that didn't really... You know, weapons and stuff like that can mask a lot of kind of weaknesses. Do you know what I mean? Um... And yeah, I just, I don't, I don't, I don't think she, but this is the thing. I don't think Britt Baker's the best wrestler in the world either. I think she wrestled, I think Britt Baker specifically wrestles a style that wouldn't be out of place in WWE. It's just, she's very over in her character work. And that's the same thing with Thunder Rose. She's got fantastic presentation. She's got an amazing look and you know, she's, I mean, i would probably been a right dick at here. She probably has some fantastic matches in NWA. I just haven't seen her on AEW yet really. Next up, we had Tony. Once again, talking to Brock and Arn Anderson, they announced that Brock is seeking vengeance for his his daddy by um, facing Malachi Black next week, I believe. Or no, on Rampage.
2: No, no, it's next week. It's next week. It's not on Rampage. It's on next week's Dynamite. This match, I'd be surprised if it lasts longer than a minute. (laughs) <laughs>
0: yeah. just imagine if he just clocked him with a finisher oh,
2: honestly I hope he does I Thwack. honestly hope it's an absolute <laughs> squash just, just eat
0: shit and like flops to the floor
2: or or with arm ringside I hope he just absolutely toys with Brock to the point like like with fucking um what is it um Austin Gunn when he had Anthony Coco and it literally looked like Austin Gunn was gone, wasn't it? He
0: was yeah. bleeding in absolute pain. I want that. I want that again. Uh, I I love that because I I've been wanting. I'd been wanting to do that to Austin Gunn for about three months at that point after he got old I just the
2: thing I love most about that moment is just how cocky Austin is coming in and then Austin <laughs> yeah, Gunman's going to fuck him up, up and it's just like he's having a fucking
0: organ replacement have we even seen him since? Like.
2: no he's dead he's dead now he's gone
0: next up we had a promo from Miro our weekly promo from Miro I'm going to start I should start doing the sound bites of the uh of the you know what he says about his wife because it's um every week he he says something new about god and then something new about his wife so he uh, says you know he always says how he forgives people but he said he did not forgive fuego del sol last week because he wanted him to earn his contract and he didn't earn his contract um fair point to be honest because they kind of <laughs> did the old they did what well, they did they did the old switcheroo they made it part of the stipulation they were like nope you got one anyway um And uh, he talks about wanting to serve serve his God every day and uh, my hot wife every night. Um, (laughs) And then he called out Eddie Kingston. So I hear Jack laughing, but I am actually going to come to Liam on this because he he hasn't spoken for a while. Bless him. So Liam, uh, Eddie Kingston versus Miro. I mean, that's quite an exciting one, isn't it? I think.
1: Yeah, it is. I love the... uh... That like Miro's, obviously, his gimmick for a while was being a whole, you know, look how fit my wife is and I'm a man of God. But I love yeah. how he's, it's a little bit, I don't want to say serial killer but it's like he's listing who his next victim's going to be before he's even had a match with them, which I love that little touch. It's gimmick
0: amazing. of the year for me so far, honestly.
1: It's I love it. Something different, like say Eddie King's thing, you're next. Pretty much, obviously, similar to a certain Goldberg the typical match you expect between them two, very hard-hitting, very... It isn't going to be, you know, the fastest pace of matches, but it's still going to be one that wouldn't look out of place in New Japan, in my opinion, considering both styles are for Restless. And, again, I'm, I'd imagine this is probably going to happen at All Out. What do you think? Yeah.
0: Definitely. Yeah, I think it's... it's I think it's going to be very brawly, very, very physical. Um, I think Eddie Kingston won our Brawler of the Year, didn't he, last year? So, um... Oh, I think it was joint top maybe with John Moxley. It was like a shared the award. But um, and that was before they were a tag team, so it was funny they were a tag team together now. But yeah, very, very violent match that's gonna be, I think. And and, and that's a match... that's one of those matches that can be there'll be no weapons involved at all. There could be no weapons involved, and you'll say, Well, my fuck, that was violent, you know. Um, two men that can really kind of sell it. Next up, we had the John Moxley promo. So we called out multiple people. Called out The Elite, called out Hangman Page for uh, having, you know, going through an emo phase. Called out Christian and, and said his uh, should have stayed retired ass. Um, basically, you know, getting stuff he he doesn't deserve. Said it's time to remind people who's who is really on top and reminds us that he was, uh, he took us through the darkest days of AEW, the uh, dark days of the pandemic and he was the champ. He carried the company, whatever. Um, and then mentions Daniel Garcia has challenged him to match and, you know, gets very intense in the camera and says, you know, make sure this is what you really, really want. What do you really, really want? Uh, Jack, is this what Daniel Garcia wants? Does he he really want some of this? (laughs) Um, I don't think he will want some of this come Friday, but... um... You know? I think he's gonna send it back to the kitchen. I don't think he wants any of this. I don't think he does.
2: I think he'll he'll ask to see the um the manager, see the
0: manager, yeah.
2: And get a refund because I don't think this is what he's ordered. Um, no, this'll be uh you know, this'll probably be a seven minute long match, uh John Moxley winning and
0: this doing nothing. But this really is, on rampage, this, match, though, this is on rampage this match yeah. though. This is on rampage, This is the rampage main event. So Daniel Garcia so okay so we're dodging around it we're, we're trying to mimic AEW by not really talking about it but cm punk's debuting at the end of this match because darby allen's going to get involved because apparently he's mates you know they've been establishing over the last few weeks with uh with eddie kingston and um and uh john moxley and obviously they share rivals in daniel garcia and 2.0 so Obviously, it's all going to break down. Darby Allen's coming out because he's basically been advertised for this despite not being on the card. Then Punk's going to come out uh, because Darby's out there. Who would have thought that Daniel fucking Garcia (laughs) would be involved in CM Punk's... It would be involved in the match that prompted CM Punk's return to wrestling. And this just... Okay, here's probably one reason why I really don't like 2.0 and Daniel Garcia. Because they came from nowhere... And the face and Sting in his first match on TNT in 20 years. They've been involved in CM Punk's return. And it just feels like, you don't, why? Why? You don't deserve so many people who could take, you know, you just shown the fuck up. Who the fuck are you? Like, how dare you be involved in these angles? It's ridiculous. Like, am I, am I living in Bizarro land? Why the fuck are 2.0 and Daniel Garcia involved in these iconic moments now? I don't understand. Oh, it's funny though. Well, <laughs> like I said maybe maybe this is some genius fucking heel ploy and uh, and the reaction they've got out of me is exactly what they're supposed to be getting like it's super meta that they're booking them into these spots to be like ah fucking trolled you. it's like oh yeah you trolled me you fucking tainted CM Punk's return with Daniel fucking Garcia 2.0 are obviously going to make an appearance to equalise things and it's like why are they involved in this shit I don't understand <laughs> make it make sense obviously I'm joking they haven't uh, tainted CM Punk's return nothing could taint that but uh, yeah, it it just is bizarre to me. Next up is our main event of the evening, the fifth labour of Jericho, Chris Jericho versus M.J.F. First off, got to talk about that a cappella Judas, haven't we? Somebody. It was
2: beautiful stuff.
0: Beautiful stuff. Although all it, did, was- it did make me laugh
2: when um, what did what bit was it? It was um. There was a was, bit where everyone was kind of like out of time. And then when it came to, I think it was the embrace by the dark like or something like that, yeah. or that bit. And then it was when the chorus came in, that was obviously the best bit, but it was like the awkward stage of the people that don't really know the song that well, but then mixed with the people that do. Yeah. And, it and it was, was like, like, I
0: think, I think most of the people in the crowd chose to like skip over a bit of the song or something, yeah. oh, I can't, you know, and then some didn't It was like, and it, and, it, and it took, a, at the beginning, there was that really nervous moment when I was like, are they all going to come together? That's because what, it was yeah, started no, out like... But that, that's the thing, this, this could
2: have gone absolutely terribly. But Fair Play, I mean, they trusted. And I mean, too right, they should trust it. But like, there was obviously as well, I saw in the crowd, like people with like, the lyrics holding up because they really wanted this to work. Yeah. And, um, I, th- I think it paid off yeah. in the end. And like I said, it definitely could have not paid off. Um, but I think, you know, Fair Play, Houston, Texas... You done your homework. You at least you know remembered the lyrics and re- re- rehearsed, and it paid off. It was it was really cool. Um, and yeah, definitely. What
0: a moment, wasn't that?
2: What a moment! And as the commentary team sold it as well um, after it finished, it said, "Well, that was the first stipulation, and that's already been kind of like You're back, off blown up, and, up in his face." Yeah.
0: So no, very good. Uh, that's your opinion on the intro. But what about the match, Liam? Let's come to you. What did you think of our main event?
1: I thought it was as good a match as both of them would have had. And Absolutely agree, yeah. I don't know whether you'd be going to shit on this part of the match, but I think the wrong person won. I genuinely think that Jericho should have won here. Like, I don't see what the entire point of having Jericho go through all these labours was if it was just for him to tap out.
2: I kind of get what you mean, Liam, because um, I've seen a lot of stuff for and the only thing I saw as well was maybe another rematch or whatever, but I don't know. I get what you mean, though, because the main criticism people had was like, Ali oh, literally beat Nick, beat Nick Gage in you know, that, that match, and he's gone through all this, and he loses to a fucking, you know, tapping out. Do you know what I mean? And it, it was like people obviously saying about how he experienced a lot worse in this, in this, um, this run, and he taps out to that, and it kind of feels like A bit anticlimactic and yeah.
1: I mean, that's the thing with it, like, exciting drop, but that's the thing that's pissing me off. Like, it's probably going to lead to another match at all out with a bigger stipulation, but why should MJF have another match? It's beating clean. MJF has nothing to prove to Jericho now. He has no reason to face him. Again. MJF didn't so, even need
2: this match, did he? But that's when he exactly. was like, alright, so, well, you can have this match if you do these just for shits and gigs. And now that's it's what
1: like, I mean, yeah. And
2: then if, if you're MJF, you literally would be pissed. So it's like, what do I have to do to fucking keep you down? Like, you're not. Like, how many times do I have to beat you? Do you know what I mean? It's like. I'm gonna. Uh, sorry, go on.
1: No, no. I'm say, on, like, MJF literally owes Jericho absolutely nothing out and the last thing i will say before tom can actually talk about me interrupting is surely with mjf winning this now he's in line for a aw title shot soon soon down the line potentially maybe at full gear
0: well i'll um first off i'll start off with giving like a kind of alternate view of it so imagine jericho does win this um it's those kind of things like you can't please all of the people all of the time imagine if you will Jericho wins this, wins it clean and you know what people are going to say they're going to say he's been through four grueling matches, they've sold how grueling these matches are he's a 50 odd year old man and up against like one of the and he's just buried this young hot prospect one of you know the future the future the biggest future heel or one of their biggest current heels not four pillars
2: as well the four pillars okay. exactly
0: and it, you know they've just sent out a 50 something year old man to cleanly pin a fresh un un battle weathered you know young guy that should be like you say in the main event title picture at this point like so you know a, a, a guy a that's yeah, so you know that's exactly what people be saying if it went the other way, and they'd have a point there too. So it's not, you know, you can't, you had to pick, you have to pick one. Do you know what I mean? And there's going to be criticisms on either of them.
2: I think I would just like a bit more kind of from the match, either a dirty finish to hat then have to the rematch to fully end it, or like just the, I think the actual finish to the match and how he tapped out and all that, I just think it could have been a bit worse. And also, if they. The whole, um, you know, bannon Judas effect, but using Floyd kind of thing. It was a bit. I know I've seen a lot of people mention that online about how you know, the, and moaning obviously about the ref. But I know we've mentioned it before about the
0: refs in AW and how they turn a blind eye to stuff. But, um, I, but yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say I, I don't, I don't hate this ending um, because because you know I don't. I like when wrestling's unexpected. I like when it's unexpected and it works. And while there were criticisms about this ending, I do think it still works in the same way it would have worked if it went the other way when there'd still be criticisms. Do you know what I mean? Um, And it was genuinely a shocking moment that's going to stick with me, seeing Jericho tap, because Jericho doesn't really tap, because he's a submission guy. I mean, I'm sure he's tapped a few times, Kurt Angle or Chris Benoit or whatever, but he, like, very, very, very rarely tapped. Um, He's had a couple of ultimate submission matches, I think, so he's probably... Tapped many times in one match, but those don't really count. Do you know what I mean? It's a stupid concept. Um, but yeah, it—it's just—it's this is—I um, don't know what to say about because he—he had the injured arm, and MJF was targeting the arm the whole time, and uh, you know, MJF's finisher targets the arm, so it's like okay, well, that kind of makes sense. And to me, the finish was—he, you know, he went for the Judas effect and then remembered he couldn't use the Judas effect and stopped. And that's what cost him. And it was kind of his honor that cost him, which sounds weird because he did get the bat involved. But he knew, I suppose, he knew that if he used the bat, you know, it was... It was it was it was fair it was a it was an even playing field because MJF was trying to use the ring at that point as well so we could point to that but if he used Judas effect even though the referee wasn't looking I don't think when he went for it because she was get I think she was trying to get rid of the ring or whatever um, if he'd used Judas effect then he knew MJF could say I oh, used Judas effect. Um, so yeah, technically he could have still done it with the with the referee's back turn. So it, that kind of made it a little bit of a weird finish. But the same way, I think it came down to wanting to beat MJF on MJF's terms. That
1: was just stu- stupid. I'm sorry. You
0: think it was? You think it was stupid? You don't think it was like what I said about him? You know that was MJF's terms, and if he he wants to beat MJF on MGF's terms,
1: sort of thing. Uh, see, I, I don't think Jericho has ever struck me as type of person to fully respect that. Surely, Jericho he's going to think fuck the terms I've been through hell to get this match with MJF I'm going to do whatever I have to to beat him but
0: isn't he going to think isn't he going to think though then MJF's always going to tell him he never really won like because that's something MJF would do
1: hmm, well maybe yeah but like I said it's just I don't see how the feud carries on now with the way the match went but if I'm wrong then I'm wrong I don't, I don't
2: know if it is going to carry on but I think if it does then it will just be, you know.
1: Well, do you think Jericho's taking some time off now? Because I'm pretty sure and just told the
0: yeah, UK everyone the US said that, yeah. Months. So I don't do think, think it should carry on. I think, honestly, I think this was. Do you not find this um, memorable in a sense? The fact that, like, like what I I said about Jericho tapping out because he's not a tapper, is he?
2: No, I, I that's a good take. To be fair, and something I never um, really thought about in terms of this match. It'll be interesting to see where MJF goes from now, though, because like um, Liam said, surely he's due a title opportunity, but But Kenny Kenny and Hangman's going to be, you know. So it's interesting. Do you hold MJF now? Because they've been using MJF and Jericho as a way to kind of like keep them relevant. And now, you know, this whole inner circle, pinnacle thing seems to be dying out a bit with everyone happening. Like like last matches against their equivalent in the other faction, it will be... interesting I think obviously you know this is where you always get after the pay-per-view the new storylines come in Um, but you know I think I think it's 50-50 in my mind of either having a rematch at all out just for the sake of it or there's I mean not that's just me saying for the sake of it but I think there will be obviously some sort of storyline reason behind it or just that that's it and I think you know the respect they always put on Dynamite with having these big big matches I think that that's what they should do
0: they say, that is it now. That brings us to the end of our Dynamite review. We have some honours to give out. First off being match of the night. Jack, match of the night? For me,
2: I'm going to go with the tag match.
0: I am going to go with, you guessed it, uh, Sean Spears versus Sammy Guevara. Liam.
1: I'm also going to go with a tag match. match gonna, to me. N- you,
0: neither of you are realising the brilliance in that, in that one-on-one. We're that sluts I'm-
2: for the bucks.
0: Well, um, fuck you both. But either way, whichever one Liam went for, it's the first time that I can remember that um, the, our match of the night wasn't won by an opener or a closer. So,
2: Yeah, that's true. It's usually... Yeah, no, it's, well, I mean, nine times out of ten, it's the main event, isn't it? But, yeah.
0: In fact, in fact, I can't ever remember giving a Match of the Night award to a match that wasn't the first match, the last match, or the women's match. And yeah. when it's the women's match, it was Serena Deeb involved most of the time. <laughs> so we don't have heel moment of the week because the week is not over. And Patrick has taken that to uh, Rampage. We'll have to introduce a segment for Jack. He's been begging for one for ages. We have yeah! to mark over there. We can't. We, yeah, not this week, though. We've got to talk about it. We've got to can't just introduce them willy-nilly. There's a lot of thought goes into this stuff, but um, I will keep my shocker on there. So it'll be shocker of the night rather than shocker of the week. So the shocker for me was just the women's match. I think it was poor and uh, that's that. Ah! So next week's card, well, not next week's card. I've got to get into the routine of saying oh, this no. this, is, this has been a really unprofessional show. This is a new low even for us. It's been all <laughs> over the place. Rampage card, please, Jack. Yes. I mean, we've said it already, but just reiterate it for people with their memories. Of course. So we've
2: got an AEW World Tag tag Team title eliminated tournament first round match between Private Party um, with Matt Hardy versus Jurassic Express. Uh, Just a normal signals match in the women's division between Kiera Hogan and Jade Cargill with Max Dirling there. Um, and a singles match at the end of the night to main event. Quite a weird match here as the main event. John Moxley with Eddie Kingston versus Daniel Garcia with Jeff Parker and Matt Lee of 2.0. Could maybe something be happening there? You'll
0: have to tune in yeah, tomorrow what, night. What, what an anticlimactic main event. Oh, they're, no, they're gonna, the fans are going to go home disappointed. <laughs> there's going to be no noise gonna in that be arena. Riots. <laughs> Not even that. It's just... Uh, what's just walk out that and be like, I am disappointed <laughs> just uh, just an uneventful night
2: yeah just a boring night in Chicago eh
0: what match are you looking forward to the most as we always ask this there's only three to choose from huh?
2: there is
0: and I am going to go with surprisingly the women's match <laughs> uh, Liam same question taking out any other influences that may or may not happen before or after matches uh, as matches themselves which one um, do you think shows the most promise
1: uh, the tag match, it's 100% going to be match of the night. I mean, the other two matches, I think I think both of them are going to be under five minutes, to yeah. be fair. Uh,
0: the tag match for me as well, um, even though it is predictable for me, uh, he's going to win it. But yeah, it, it, it will be a fun one nonetheless. Um, and, and definitely everyone in that match is technically proficient. So... Um, yeah, I expect a, a Jurassic Express as well. I think it's. I think it's a very smart move to put them on the card in a in their biggest show ever when they have an entrance music that people sing along to. Do you know what I mean? So um, that's going to be goosebumps.
1: Um, sorry to interrupt. Tony Khan has just done a tweet. We want to get the breaking the news. the fuck thing is here. people? Play it again then. Whatever it is, I don't know. Anyway, Tony Khan has tweeted. I'm betting that excitement from the most anticipated announcement in AEW history at AEW Rampage, the first dance, will build up through All Out on pay-per-view. We'll make new fans and we'll welcome dormant wrestling households worldwide back into the fold. A new era in AEW begins tomorrow. Now, I have done some quick cryptic stuff and if you take the first letter of each word and rearrange it, you actually get the great Carly Wings love
0: <laughs> I can't believe you fucking interrupted me to troll me you're not welcome
1: back he, he, he genuinely tweet that but the last bit is a bit of a lie but that is a genuine tweet he's <laughs> done and the last time he'd done that, Pac returned and everyone was really underwhelmed. So I'd genuinely be expecting Hulk Hogan to debut tomorrow instead. Well, isn't, isn't it weird that he said
0: announcement? Like, can you, Oh, can you imagine the riots? Can you imagine the riots if he just comes out and announces they've signed CM Punk rather than CM Punk actually appearing? Like, oh, I'm scared for his life now. Don't do that, Tony.
1: <laughs> yeah, now he, he said that and spoke it into the world. That's something that wouldn't shock me at the same time And they have his first appearance at All Out. That but would Tony be Khan, such... Tony Khan's <gasps> found dead outside the ground half of <laughs> the
0: <photos. laughs> Face down with a Fulham shirt wrapped around his neck. <laughs> like... I swear... With because... a flag
1: next to him. He's got a flag next to him as well saying, Tony Khan wants dogs. <laughs> if you know, you know. The yeah.
2: <laughs> thing is, no, I, I have been thinking this all week. Because I've been scared that he's not going to appear tomorrow. Be, and Not not because, like, as a wrestling fan, I can take it. Like, I don't care. Like, for myself, I don't care if he debuts tomorrow or out But Oh, I fucking their, care. No, no, but for me, <laughs> yeah. it's their biggest show yet. Yeah. They've sold twenty twenty five thousand 25,000 tickets purely for this. And if they troll people,
0: they, it's,
2: honestly, I, this, I'm going this, out could, on this could if, break AEW if they don't do it tomorrow.
0: If he doesn't appear and they do what I just said um, and announce I, I don't think it will, they can't, it has to be Punk there, it has to be but on the off chance it's not and they do just announce they've signed CM Punk which everyone already fucking knows and they're already teasing, then the next episode of our podcast I will title Tony Khan Wank's Dogs <laughs> I kind not of want that to happen I just No you do don't <laughs> my big beautiful ass my big beautiful ass says it's time for less important shows let's talk about njpw resurgence leo rush
2: is back from retirement apparently that last well long. he
0: he <laughs> he retired when he retired he said once he's fit again he will return to njpw to fulfill his obligations before properly re- but he's he's retired but he's wrestling <laughs> basically basically he signed he signed a contract with njpw before he got injured um, at Double or Nothing so he has contract obligations to have matches so he healed up according to what he said when he retired he will still be retiring after he's finished his matches with NGPW but I'm calling bullshit on that one
2: favourite probably was the main event um, but I, I know Cage which
0: main event? it was a, it was a double yes, main event well
2: the Tanahashi Archer one um, him, however I? I know people's favorite was the ishii versus moose match um which i know you said wasn't you didn't find as violent as you thought it was
0: gonna be wasn't i i think i i think i didn't say that so much as i just yeah i didn't it didn't seem as physical as i thought it was gonna be and also um i think it was uh, the jay white versus david finley match really really uh tickled my pickle and also the the last match as well, like like you said, those two are there's not much to separate those two in my mind. Probably probably with you, I'm probably saying the main event was the best I just one. love the ace, but. I loved the finish when he was hitting the high fly flow like three times. He hit it hit hit it as a standing one and then hit it again, then hit it and again you're like, oh this is over and it was there's that there's 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 a certain excitement that comes when you know a wrestling match is over, like way way before these even pinned it. You know, when they start hitting it over and the finishes over and over, you're like, Oh my god, it's oh my god, oh my god And you get that time yeah. to appreciate it and but poor Lance Archer, I mean
2: Oh, what? He, he is he is the most unluckiest wrestler in (laughs) the last year or two. Early 2020, Wrestle Kingdom, um, when he had that match where he lost it to Moxie, that was where he went downhill. Up until then, he was hot stuff, but then he lost the the US title and then came to AEW, hasn't really had much luck in AEW. Then he managed to get the US title back and literally lost it like the week or two
0: after. Mm -hmm. Well, well, he he had that match against Hikaleo, so... (laughs) great that's what um, his rain that's his reign. Reign. <laughs> that's that's your legacy the job <laughs> um yeah uh again i think it, yeah it was just a transitional champion i guess and moxley couldn't wouldn't drop it directly to, to you know they had they had moxley and tanahashi like calling each other out before uh mox dropped the championship so it's kind of weird that Maybe they were going for that at some point, but then plans changed, and that was always that was an option that was possibly on the table. Anyway, John Moxley's US title reign is a perfect segue into the last thing I want to talk about when uh, when it comes to resurgence, which was William Osprey made an appearance, a shock appearance because no one knew he was going to be there. Gets in the ring, gets on the mic absolute fucking pipe bomb! this was i thought this was just a fantastic segment amazing heel work i forgot how Um, much i loved the um the entrance music as well burn it down that one yeah, ashes for the sky. Yeah, awesome. I've been um, listening
2: to that all week as well because since I have watched it, I was like, "I fucking love that entrance."
0: It's both and his last one. Do you remember? Elevated, yeah, yeah. elevated. The just, he, the sky. Whoa, whoa we're so, so elevated. elevated. Yeah, karaoke time with WNK. <laughs> but no, um, he he just the king of banger entrance music, really, didn't he? But uh, yeah, no, he uh, he got in the ring, got on the mic, and um. Talked about, made some, and commentary agreed with him, uh, made some very good points that, one, he, uh, his type, actually, no, first, he teased that he'd be in the G1 Climax and got me all excited for one and said, uh, I will not be in the G1 Climax and then went on to deliver his actual news. um, And that is that he had brought a bag with him to the ring. He takes out of the bag another... Um, World Heavyweight Championship the same one that Shingo Takagi is currently carrying around in Japan and states that if NJPW have any kind of nads about them, they will declare Shingo the interim World Heavyweight Champion and Will the actual World Heavyweight Champion. He says he's not going back to Japan, at least not now. He's staying in the U.S. Ooh, this this opens up a lot of doors. Staying in the U.S. and wants to defend the World Heavyweight Championship. Um, you hear him call out AEW as well, didn't he, he said yeah. over there? Yeah. He, but he also said, um, well, I'm not talking about to the crowd. He's like, I'm not talking about those AEW pussies or wimps. Yeah, that, or yeah, like that. that was it. yeah, <laughs> um, he, Or nerds or something like that, dweebs. Um, but yeah, the interesting thing here is his, his um, rationale for the fact that he is still World Heavyweight Champion is that uh, he only asked for four months um, recovery and they stripped him of the title and um, – Kevin Kelly on commentary said that's a very good point. Usually the cutoff is six months, um, for stripping a champion. And then following that will makes the point that John Moxley couldn't defend the U S title for over a year and they never stripped it off him. And they were like, again, another good point. It's one of those, the heel making very good point moments. Um, and yeah, so uh, at least in Will Ospreay's eyes, he is still world world champion, holding an identical world championship to Shingo Tagagi. And uh, I'm assuming there'll be a unification match at some point. That would be amazing. But he plans to defend his uh, self-proclaimed World Heavyweight Championship in America. And fuck me, this is, you know, if it weren't for what's potentially happening tomorrow night, this would be the biggest wrestling story of the year, really. Um, like, wow. Wow. Right? He's not going back. He's Will Ospreay in America could show up anywhere this with the, the t- with the world heavyweight title. Again, and uh, this is... I love him. I and he love did, him. He talked about... He mentioned, like, if you think you're the best or something like that. I don't know. That was a slip. Uh, CM yeah. Punk. But interestingly, they've had Twitter beef, Will Ospreay and CM Punk. Um, and Will Ospreay's called him out. Will Osprey's called him out for a match before. Um so, oh, for the for Will Ospreay's world, you know, oh. self, um, I must, I must have to, uh, you know, I have to reiterate his self proclaimed officially Takagi is the world heavyweight title champion. However, for Will's world heavyweight championship, CM Punk, can you fucking imagine the sexual stuff? And it? and you know who wants to go to Japan as well? Brian Danielson. What, it's the, just he's, all coming together. Brian Brian Danielson's motives for signing with AEW, the deciding factor of him apparently was being able to work in New Japan Pro Wrestling. So, Will Ospreay with the title in America, where Daniel, where Brian Danielson is, you know, uh, going to be in the short term with AEW. <sighs> Shit's going to go down. It's just waiting for it to happen, man. That's the uh, that's the that's the really difficult part. The waiting, waiting is the hardest part. Got to get on to the next thing. So uh, I feel like we're leaving Liam out, but it's his fault. I told him to watch watch shows. He could have blown off work, taken a sick day, watched these shows with us, but no. Um Triple A Um I'm gonna try and pronounce it in the uh Spanish. Traplemania Tre Treple Trep I can't do it. Triple Mania Nueves. Yes, done it. Triple twenty. uh I didn't do it? No, you're shaking no, your no, head. No, no, you,
2: you did, I was just Nailed it. Yeah, Triple, Ma- right Triple Mania
0: 29. Triple Mania 29, anyway. Um, You're asking why and- whitest guy here whether you nailed a Spanish <laughs> <laughs> pronunciation. <C>. Um, See? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, there was a lot of Forbidden Door matches on this card. Again, I have to admit, I only watched three matches. I was planning on watching four. Um, so the one match I watched that I know you didn't watch was Diana Prazo versus Fabi Apache. So, Deanna Parraza going in was, as we know, the Impact Knockouts, Impact Knockouts champion and um, Apache was the Arena de Rainis, uh AAA Women's Champion. Uh, it was a title versus title match. Big, big news, right? So, I don't, I'm not, I have to admit, I'm not up to date on my AAA uh, but this match was a fucking car crash. Um, the, the wrestling itself was fine. Honestly, Deanna Parrazzo is another person I think is a little bit overrated. Um, but, oh God. So, so the, there was, this heel, the, there was a heel ref and I guess this is an ongoing story that he's kind of in bed, not literally with Diana Parrazzo. Uh, and there's, there's interfi- you know, there's there's one thing to be a biased ref and fast count in one person, slow count in the next. And I was talking to you a little bit about this beforehand, Jack, but I didn't go into full details about what happened. So um, during the course of the match, when Diano Prazo was like, say, in a submission, Fabio Apache had a submission, the ref... Grabbed Diana Prato's arm, dragged them across the ring, and dragged her to the ropes so she could get her hand to the ropes. And then, when Fabio Apache, um, Diana Prato was down on the ground. Fabio Apache goes up the top rope for a for a top rope move. The ref picks up Diana Prato and gets her to her feet and pushes her. I was like, this is this goes so far beyond bias refereeing that it makes the entire match pointless because it's not a it's not a properly officiated wrestling match at this point. It's literally. Do you know what it's literally an unwinnable match when it's when literally literally. he's he's literally not gonna have a tap out, he's gonna drag her to the rope instead. It's like why and I know, and Fabio Patrick just looks up as like, Oh, oh no, well, I guess I'll carry on. It's like, no, in this situation, you'd be like, Fuck this, this doesn't make any fucking sense. I'm leaving, I'm gonna file a complaint. Like it's ridiculous, and like like I said, if if he'd done one thing like oh, like oversold like getting something in his eye when she was going for a pin like ah oh, oh no I can't see like and obviously be faking that's one thing there's bias refereeing but like oh and and that is the reason it has a around a round of three out of ten on a cage match I believe but let's get on to talking about ones we both saw. um... We had the, uh, it was more than a six-man tag. It was a six-way tag, wasn't it? We had um, Brian Cage and Black Taurus. Brian Cage of AEW fame. Black Taurus is, uh, appears on Impact. He is a fantastic wrestler. Um, very underrated. Versus uh, the Lucha Brothers. And um, who was the last team? It was Laredo Kid and that Viking dude. I've forgotten his name. Where is it? Uh, Hijo del Vikingo so there you go um what did you make of that match
2: yeah i thought it was cool I, again another one where i was like oh brian cage and in this time in this instance black Taurus. um yeah that was cool and obviously Luch bros yeah no really cool match i mean it's chaos a, though wasn't it yeah, ever ever a chance i don't enjoy Luch brothers match literally just flippy shit it's great it's it's what i love it's what i like the- watching
0: People pointed out the crowd were kind of dead for this, and and what surprised me is, I assume it's coming from Play R fans, them saying it probably would have done better on AEW. Yeah, because yeah, probably. And and do you know one thing that frustrated me through all this, and it was really detrimental to this match, was they kept cutting to that hard cam so they could show the Titantron, where they had adverts on the Titantron that kept changing, and it's one it would be one yeah, thing to have it there. Much. How annoying was that? And they, because they kept changing, it was really, really distracting. And they kept having to zoom out so they could get the shots of the ads. Yeah. And the hard cam was so far away, you couldn't make out the action in the ring. It was like fuck me, this is a mess.
2: No, that um, was annoying all, all night. To be well, I say all night. The matches I watched, it was it was too kind of like, like fair enough having advertisements, you know, on ringside or whatever on the apron, but having it. There, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Move, all the, the tickers going bridge, around. Yeah, it was just too yeah. much. And like, I was. Yeah, it was annoying. Even if they had, like, you know, just a still image, that would have been... Different.
0: Yeah, if it was still images on the Titantron, that's fine. But it, as a wrestler, a wrestling fan, you're trained to think stuff coming up on the Titantron and moving, shit, something's about to happen. Yeah. And it just makes your brain, like, switch attention to it. And it, was it just... just annoying, was, yeah. It was really annoying. Um, I don't, You know, I, I'm i not a regular Trepli R viewer, but I'm assuming people eventually tune out. But as people who don't watch it that regularly, it's it was very hard for us to tune out. On to, um, well, should we talk about the main event before we talk about the uh, the mega yeah, title yeah, match? Because yeah. I was going to watch the main event, but I didn't have time because I had to watch Resurgence and then come on this podcast. And I pretty much knew what the match was going to be. But it was a classic Lucha de at is that how you pronounce it? Anyway, like a mask versus hair match. Um, and it was Psycho Clown versus Ray Escopian. Um Psycho, Masks, uh, Psycho Clown's mask was on the line. Uh, Ray Escopian's hair was on the line. I believe this was a sort of family affair, this match, just from the research we've done on it. Psycho Clown's father uh, recently died. Um, he was called, like, Porky. or something like that. he was a big, chunky dude. Um, Super Porky, I think, was his was his name, and um, yeah, he got a nice tribute before the match, and um, Psycho Clown brought out a photo of him to the ring, and at that point I was like, okay, he's not losing. I can just skip to the end of this match because, and I didn't want to skip to the end of the match because I've heard it was quite uh, quite a good match, quite a hardcore match, drew some blood apparently and uh and psycho clown did end up winning defeating Reyes scorpion who had his head shaved and then there was like a nice little moment in the ring with family there was a little girl there i'm sure was related to uh super porky and uh you know there was a lot of tears and yeah no um good match though jack
2: yeah you pretty much said it all to be fair but no i enjoyed it um never seen one of these before so it was new and two wrestlers i didn't really know um, you know, and Psycho
0: Clan's like, super over as well isn't he with them like yeah. the crowd the crowd were kind of dead uh, I did hear a few English people trying to get some like holy shit chants uh, going well not I say English English speaking they had American accents for the match prior to this but I think this seemed like you know a lot of the Mexican fans it seemed like this was the match they were here for oh, um, sure, yeah yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah was there any kind of big spots like that I should be made aware of um
2: I'm going to be honest, not that I can remember right now, I watched it on Sunday. It's so. Jack's
0: wrestling memory. Well, we'll I know,
2: I know. I, I watch. I mean, I literally watch wrestling every day. So there's a
0: lot of... You know what? You know, you remember when you enjoy it and that's that's all that matters. I, it's, I'll take this endorsement. I'll go watch it later, even though I know yeah. the result. Yeah, and go the go. reason I skipped it is because the last one is the most relevant to our show. And that is Kenny Omega with Conan. Um, so completely different stories on tra- AR versus Andrade El Idolo with... Woo! Ric Flair. Woo! So another thing on Triple which you'll quickly realise is that everyone comes to the ring with a second they call them so everyone has everyone comes out with a manager so it's like who is going to be Andrade's manager? Obviously wasn't going to be his wife she has contracted to another's company so he brought his father-in-law which I maintain is better. Um, so yeah um, they went fucking nuts that Ric Flair was there they didn't, didn't they?
2: Honestly the commentary for this was
0: yeah Insane. <laughs> the comment, the commentary team. You know, even if you don't speak, no I mean, sp- <laughs> I speak. I speak a little. Yeah, no trouble, boy. No trouble. I speak a little Spanish, but like only, only so I can pick up like two or three words in a row every so often. Um. So, but like all through the night, so much energy. Like great announce team, and he keeps saying brutal, brutal, <laughs> like shouting out brutal or whatever. I'm not sure what that is, but um, yeah. uh yeah, well, what did you think of the match itself What that you can remember?
2: So, obviously, Just, this is the favourite um, of the ones I've watched, mainly because I was more in Familiarity, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, this was cool. First thing that struck me, even though I knew it was going to happen, was the, the size of the ring. I was just, uh, I was like, "There's more than four sides. This is so odd." Even welcome though, like, to
0: welcome to my world, TNA, no, no, circa 2006.
2: It, it was mad, um, but no, this was cool. This was this was a cool match. Um, I I feel like I would preferred it in AW or promotion like that, just because. Yeah. Like I know, I said to you, commentary for me is a massive thing, um, yeah. and helps me along with the match. Not, that I don't enjoy the match anyway, but I like having the commentary there to sell all the stuff and um but no i thought it was a cool
0: match Um, like i said for a a commentary you don't understand you could you couldn't do better than this just with the energy no exactly yeah that definitely helped as well kenny omega cheated to win he he got a a shot with the title before he hit the one-winged angel you know still still a good match and yeah it was it was nice to see nate and he i i am sure he'll be showing up in aew soon Um, wait okay so one last thing as well is i if we had enough time i was going to get james on our uh editor james to bless him he's been wanting to talk about it for a while to talk about the uh the tokyo princess uh cup that has been happening in tjpw alas i don't think we have time for that today but i will get him on rampage how's how's about that
2: there you go there you go but now yeah so
0: it might not be this week it might i might keep putting it off because we've probably got a lot to talk about this weekend but i'll try i'll try and get him on rampage with me and patrick just to give a shout out
1: this weekend obviously it's takeover 36 on the sunday oh
0: shit yeah
1: potentially i'll get the match card for you now but we have potentially adam cole's last match in nxt versus kyle o'reilly
2: adam cole baby
1: are you oh, wanking? Honest? no, it's, oh, no it's, it's too, t- Am I
0: wanking? <laughs> no, the, Liam's, Liam's tapping sounded like wanking, and given <laughs> that we were talking about Adam Cole versus Kyle O'Reilly,
1: it was a very real possibility. And, yes, I, I wasn't wanking, sorry. Uh, and me, t- the other... Man- <laughs> Why
0: are you apologising for not wanking on my show? <laughs> sorry my show show. I'll, try, I'll try. I'll try to... My show? Oh, it's gone right to my head, hasn't it? Look at Jack's face.
1: Right, let me just carry on reading the card out. You've got what I feel. Think- Will be the mobbing in the, the match of the weekend in Volta versus Illya you dragging off. You also have Kami Cross versus Samoa Joe for the NXT Championship. This is really unpleasant. <laughs> <laughs> Just
2: imagine it gets more freebie. <laughs> Hang
1: on. <laughs> oh, please you stop. LA. <laughs> okay, fine, I'll snuff. <laughs> That's what
2: Molly says every night.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly sadly Uh. anyway back to wrestling we have LA Knight versus Cameron Grimes for the million dollar championship and if Cameron Grimes loses Ted DiBiase has to beat LA Knight's butler LA Knight is Eli Drake to those of you who don't know who LA Knight is Uh, funny I feel like we've
0: seen a a butler stipulation before (laughs) hmm
1: fairly recently wonder where they got that from how weird we also have in the other match that I won't talk well, this is a match I should be talking about while masturbating. It's Raquel Gonzalez versus the most attractive woman in NXT, Dakota Kai. Who I don't know whether you've seen Dakota Kai. I'm hoping. Oh yeah,
0: that. I watched. Uh, I watched the. Um, what's it? The mayon Classic.
1: Yeah, I say Dakota Kai is absolutely brilliant. I personally, I think she's winning, and Raquel's going up to the main roster, but. Yeah, to carry on what I was saying, I think Voltaverse is Dragging Off is going to be a yeah. magical weekend.
2: I'm going to watch Say, um, Samoa Joe and Karrion Cross.
1: Yeah, that that is going to be a good match. I'm I should, gathering yeah. Joe wings and Cross goes up to main roster.
2: Yeah, I think time. there's quite a few title um, changes this weekend.
1: With a uh, Kyle O'Reilly, Adam Cole, I think how it's going to be if Adam Cole wins, he's staying. If Kyle Riley wins, Adam Cole's leaving the company. That's how I think the match will end up going. To be honest, but it's still so unpredictable. But it's I a think Carlo Riley card.
2: wins.
1: See, I don't know. I think Adam Cole does. Interesting.
0: Well, he's, can- he's allegedly still wrestling without a contract, didn't he? He said he'd wrestle through SummerSlam weekend. hasn't been any news yeah. that he signed yet, but he, he whether he is signing or not, he's, he said. He's a good guy, isn't he? Because he could have just left him in the lurch, especially if he does plan on leaving. If he is going to AEW, what stand-up guy Adam Cole is that he said, yeah, I'll stay and help you out because you've got me in plans for SummerSlam. I won't leave and make you change your plans. And it's the second time he's done that as well because he did it with Ring of Honor before um, going to WWE, I think. He uh, he didn't re-sign with them, but he said, all right, I'll stay to help you uh, wrap up storylines and wrestle without a contract for them as well. So it's not the first time he's done it. He just seems to be, like, one of the nicest, most kind of easy-to-work-with guys in the industry. So wherever he goes, well, AEW, they'll be lucky to have him. For,
1: for what it's worth, um, obviously, WWE have this big... If you're on the main roster, you're not allowed to have a Twitch account. Yeah, uh, and he said he will never give it up, didn't he? Yeah, exactly. He'd done every cast, he said he's never going to give it up. So... Yeah as far you know, that's a pretty big hint in my opinion that he's not going to the main roster and he's either staying on like NXT or going elsewhere but,
0: but I think I think they are quite eager to keep him so this might be one of the cases where they bend their rules and make an exception for one person which wouldn't be beyond them I don't, I don't think
1: Yeah but I don't think that would be a good idea when you'll have people like AJ who's going to say well I've had to give mine up and you're letting this guy keep his and I'm on triple what he is a year and et cetera, et cetera. I can't really see that being good for backstage morale, but again, it the WWE. Event don't really <laughs> I
0: was give a just going to say, WWE do they, event, yeah, so. <laughs> they don't, they don't give a fuck. So, you know, if they gave a fuck about backstage morale, like they'd be, Bray Wyatt would still be there. Apparently, that rocked everybody. So, yeah, no, I don't, I don't, I, I wouldn't be, yeah, I wouldn't put it past them to do that if they really wanted to keep him. But, um, yeah. Well, that brings us to the end of our show. So, yeah, Liam, um not impressed with your performance. That might needs to be sorted out. You need to stop wanking while we're talking and uh, just generally buck up your attitude. But uh, Jack, it's nice to see you again. <laughs> oh,
2: it's been nice to see you again, bro. I'll be oh, seeing no. you in person next week.
0: We will be. Go yeah, fuck yourself. Yeah.
2: Sorry, um, did someone say anything? Uh,
0: no, I, I don't think so. Just the wind and... Uh... No, make My sure big you beautiful it. ass. <laughs> Before we go, we'll remind everyone of our promotion. If you are in the New Jersey, New York, or Pennsylvania area, or you live in the city of Chicago, or your name is Kyle or Kylie, or you live in Taiwan, I have not enough time to explain how we got to this point. And you are not Liam. (laughs) And Liam's excluded from this, this, or anyone called Liam, sorry. Um... You can win yourself an Antonio Gogo t shirt. Like like I said, there's it doesn't make any sense how we got here. There's still not an Antonio Gogo <laughs> shirt out yet. And if they never bring one out, you'll get a twenty-five dollar <laughs> pro wrestling tease voucher instead. But We all know you want the Anthony Gogo t-shirt. So if you are from any of those places and can send us proof, please get in touch at WANK podcast on Instagram or Twitter or WANK wrestling at gmail.com. Nice try, Liam. But uh, Liam might legally change his name to try and (laughs) (laughs) legally change his name to Kyle. (laughs) That's the next step after changing your Instagram handle. So uh, it's goodbye from me. No, it's uh, it has been nice having you again, Liam, but uh, sort your shit out for next week
1: yeah i'd like to apologize to all four people who (laughs) listen
0: but uh yeah um we we do have to surprise you with the five labors of liam but regretfully we have run out of time so we'll leave you in suspense for another week because that's just kind of fun so uh thank you for joining us everybody take care of yourselves goodbye good afternoon if that's where if it's afternoon where you are good morning if it's where you are or good night if you're where we are